Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, family. Good to see you guys one more time, or not see you as the case may be. Uh, hey, I wanted to mention uh, next Sunday, the 31st of the month, uh, we're, there's uh, in works right now a, an actual regional service that several different people from the uh, vineyard in the Northwest region are working on together, and the same service will be broadcast to all of our churches at the same time, or at least a number of them. So that should be fun. It'll be a little bit of a breakup, something different. So you can kind of look forward to that and keep an eye open for your newsletter this week, and I'll make sure you have the details. But uh, it will probably be uh, just on the same uh, on our channel, our feed at the same time as it normally is on Sunday morning. So again, just real quick announcements. Um, tithes, and, tithes and offerings come in through Zoom. or <laughs> Through Zoom. No, they don't come in through Zoom. They come in through Stripe. They come in through uh, online at Cascade Vineyard, and they come into the mail. That's the only way you can give right now, but we really appreciate you guys keeping that up. Uh, prayer at portlandvineyard.org is open. So if you need prayer, please uh, send us your request, and we'll pray for you. And then third thing, as, as we have done every week, we will have a conference time on Zoom. Uh, that will be on Zoom <coughs> immediately after service today, and you should have the link for that so that you can tune in and, and get prayer. Uh, so I'm going to continue in our little survey we're doing of the parables uh, this morning. A couple more little background notes on parables. The parables are sometimes misunderstood. Uh, so there's a few things I wanted to just talk in general about parables before we get into the actual story. Um, and first one is this, that they are stories. So this was a funny, a funny thing. Um, you, know, you know, some people believe, we, we all believe, of course, that the Bible is the Word of God, and it's truth, and it's real, and it actually happened. Some people believe, you know, they don't believe that. They believe it's good, it's good information, and it's helpful, and there's wisdom there, but it's, it's not really the Word of God. And so I was having this conversation with my friend one time. Uh, we were actually talking about uh, the parable of the prodigal son, and he made this comment, and I don't remember exactly what he said. I wish I could remember because it would make more sense to you. But he made this comment to the effect that that actually happened. And then I said to him, well, you know, it didn't really happen. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, the prodigal son is a parable. It's a story that Jesus made up to illustrate a point. It wasn't, a, they weren't real people. Now, something like that may have happened, but as it, as it appears in the scripture, it's a story that Jesus made up to communicate a point. And so the first point I want us to remember today is that parables are stories that Jesus employed. Story is probably the most effective means of communication there is. And Jesus was a master storyteller, and he would use these story t stories to illustrate kingdom principles. And that's what parables are. Second point I want us to know today, and this is really important, is that very often we assume that the authority figure in a parable is God. 
And that's not the case. Uh, very often, the authority figure in, in a parable is not a very nice person. Uh, and the reality is, what they are is actually very much like authority figures of the day that the people that Jesus was talking to would have identified with. As he was telling these stories, they would have been saying, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, that guy's just like my boy. Oh yeah, I, I know that guy. So the authority figure isn't always God. Uh, there was an unjust judge. Uh, God is not unjust. There was another guy who shows up at a wedding wearing the wrong clothes and he gets thrown out. Well, God wouldn't do that. That's more like a, a, a mob boss or some kind of mafioso, you know, make him an offer he couldn't refuse. It's like that. Um, but <laughs> that's, I'm just cracking myself up over here. Uh, that's not how God was. Um, Jesus uses the authority figures as props that help him illustrate the point he's trying to make. And so here's the thing about parables. The point is the point. There's no hidden meaning. There's nothing you have to try to soak out of them or anything like that. Parables typically communicate one truth, and the point is the point. And then the third thing about parables, and, and this also is really important, is that the rewards and punishments in parables are not necessarily eternal. That idea comes from really a Western rational mindset that most of us, all of us for that matter, have been raised under over the last 50, 60, maybe 70 years uh, in Western culture. We've been taught that that is the point, that the most important thing about understanding Scripture is heaven and hell. You know, how many of you ever heard this? Uh, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go? Well, that's the wrong question. The question should be, if you're alive today, how will you live? That, that's a much more appropriate question for people in the kingdom of God. If you're alive today, how are you going to use the life that you've been given in God to ex extend his kingdom to others? So parables are not necessarily about eternal destination, about heaven and hell. Um, you know, I know one of them talks about the, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. And, you know, we equate that immediately with hell. But that phrase typically wasn't in reference to hell. It was in reference to a, a state of being. It meant that that person was in pain. They were in anguish. They were in anger. They were frustrated. They were, there was regret. There was sorrow in their life. It, it's, there's a lot of different things, but it was not necessarily eternal. The, the, the idea behind the parables is this. You're moving in a direction. You're either moving towards or away from God, towards or away from life. And, and the, the opposite of that, of course, is you're, you're moving toward, away from God and towards death. And, and certainly that has some implications, but that's not the focus of the parables. Uh, the focus of the parable is what direction are you going? What direction is your life pointed in? Here's the beauty of that. The beauty of that is this, that you can change directions. It's never too late. You recognize, hey, I'm going the wrong way, and you can turn around. If you're moving towards death, you can turn around and move towards life. Uh, and, and that's really the point of parables. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to look at Matthew 25 today. Um, Jesus, thanks again for just, just your hand upon our lives, your grace and your mercy. Lord, we love you. We thank you for uh, the, the Spirit of God that, that infiltrates our lives and meets with us regardless of if we're at home in our living room, if we're driving in our car, or if we're gathered together at church, that you're with us everywhere we go. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you. We give you glory today. Uh, in your name we pray. 
Amen. So uh, my title today is Well Done. And uh, once again, I'm going to read from the, uh, the Passion Translation. So this is um, Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14. And it's a little bit of a long passage, but, but I'm going to go ahead and, uh, for context, read the whole story through, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about it a, a little bit. It says this, Again, uh, heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money. He doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and he brought 10,000 saying, See, I've doubled your money. Uh, commending his servant, the master replied, replied, You've done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you've been a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, Come, celebrate with me. The one who had been entrusted with 2,000 gold coins came in and he said, See, my master, I've doubled what you've entrusted to me. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you are faithful to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, Come, celebrate with me. And then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and he said, Look, sir, I know you are a hard man to please and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the back of others. I was afraid of you. So I went and hid your money and I buried it in the ground. But here it is. That's it. Take it. Angered by what he heard, the master said to him, You're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. And then the master said to his other servants, Now throw that good-for-nothing servant far away from me into outer darkness where there will be great misery and anguish. So uh, last week our parable had two verses in it. Today it's a, it's a much longer passage. Uh, Jesus tells us that the master entrusted each servant with a sum of money. And that's an important word. Remember that word entrusted um, because we're going to talk about it a little later. And it really is the essence of what is being communicated in this parable. So what it means, really, is that he put the money under their authority. To one, he gave the 5,000 gold coins, to one, 2,000, to one, 1,000, and he entrusted it to them. 
he asked them to invest it and to put it to work. The first two do exactly what he said, and they both doubled their money. Now, the, master, uh, the, the story says the master was gone for a long time. Um, and we, we don't know how long that was, but uh, anybody who's ever invested understands that. Generally speaking, you don't double your money overnight. You have, you, you have to take care of it. You invest it. You watch your investment. You see how it grows. You see what's happening with it. And sometimes you have to move it around and, and take some out of one place and put it in another place. And that's how I envisioned what, what these guys were doing. They were watching the market, and it took time. But they were careful, and, and, they, and they really monitored the progress. And when they, when they were finished, when the master came home and they, they reported in, uh, what they heard was, well done, well done. It, it's worth mentioning here, and I think this is important for us to understand. This is, uh, I, I think, a secondary point of this parable is that this is the first indication that, that they both heard, well done, one had a lot more money than the other. Um, the parable is not about how much you have. The essence of it is this. It's about what you do with whatever you've been given. However much it is you've been given, whatever talent, whatever gift, whatever ability you've been given, what are you going to do with that? The response of the third servant is kind of interesting. He says, I know you're a hard man to please. You're shrewd and ruthless. You go rich on the backs of others. Essentially, He's the servant, and he's calling his boss a crook. He's saying, My, you're a thief. That's what you are. Um, consequently, uh, he loses what he has and is thrown into outer darkness where there's misery and anguish. And again here, you can interpret that however you like. My preference is this, that... That's not necessarily talking about eternal destiny. What it's talking about is being outside of the protection and provision of, of God. And I want to say that's a dark place. <clears throat> we, we really don't want to be set outside of the provision and protection of God. I personally don't think that's eternal. I think there's still opportunity for that servant to be able to turn around and come back. But I'll say this, that for whatever period of time he's out there, it's not going to be fun. Okay, let's make some application to this. Um, God has entrusted each of us with influence, the ability to speak into the lives and situations that are around us and bring light and life into them. Um, and I think for most of us, probably more than we're really aware. But, but we have been given opportunity to change what happens around us. And, and that's not, I'm not in any way trying to undermine the sovereignty of God at all, all I'm saying is this, that's how God has chosen to do it. God wants to include us in the work of his kingdom. That's how he does it. And that's probably another sermon for another day. But God wants to work uh, his kingdom through our lives into the lives of others. The landowner in our story has influence. And he's entrusted his influence to his servants. He's giving them an opportunity to spread his influence to other people. God has entrusted us with his influence, and he's allowing us to spread that to other people. We partner with him. He partners with us in the advancement of the kingdom. And, and one of the things that's important for us to see here is that this is a we get to do it, not we got to do it. Partnership. He wants to work in and through us. Um, he wants 
God wants certain things to happen in the world today. He, he wants to see those who are in need cared for. He wants to see those who are hungry fed. He wants to see those who are sick prayed for and cared for. He wants to see the lost and lonely loved and drawn into fellowship and into community. And that won't happen if the people of God don't say, yes, yes, I'll do it. Here am I, send me. I'll, I'll be part of your work in the kingdom and in the world today. The cool thing about this, and you go, what, you know, so, so what's in it for me? What do I get out of this deal? Well, here's what we get. Every opportunity that we have to expand God's kingdom, to, to, to minister to the life of somebody else, gives us an opportunity to expand our capacity to be more like Jesus. We grow to be a little bit more like Jesus. Isn't that the goal, to be, be Christ-like? That's what we say. I want to be more like Jesus. Well, every time I reach out to somebody else, I become a little more like him. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the kingdom of God, is I focus on others, but God sows his life into me. This all kind of hinges on your view of God. Uh, religion would say this, you have to do this. You've got to do this. Uh, and it turns what is really a privilege into a burden. Uh, he's entrusted us. Remember, I, I said that was going to be an important word. God entrusts us. God's saying, I have something precious, and I want you to take care of it for me. That's the essence of what he's saying. I want you to be a part of the advancement of my kingdom in the community you live in, in your neighborhood, at your place of work. And that's a huge thing. That's a, that's a, a very big thing that God says, I want to I share with you. We grow as we become faithful in small things. If we're motivated by fear or, or religion, we have this sort of taskmaster view of God. Um, if you're afraid of God, you'll end up burying a bag of gold. If you're afraid of God, you'll end up burying a bag of gold. You miss out on being part of the work of God's kingdom. Jesus came to free us from that. His plan is that throughout all of eternity, we will be reigning with him over the new heaven and the new earth, uh, and we will be sharing in the administration of his kingdom eternally. And we want to enter in, begin to live that life right now. And here's... Here's the, the last little thing about this is that that puts a smile on his face. And, and that really should be enough. When one of my grandkids does something good, even something adequate, uh, I, I look at them and I say, good job. And I smile. And what do they do? They smile back at me. And what does that do? It makes me smile back bigger at them. Hello? Do you get it? Good job. Well done. And you, you make God smile. And God smiles on you. And it makes you smile back at him. It's not that everybody's got to play. You have an option in this thing. If you want to please God, if you want to make him smile, if you want to enter into his happiness, and that's really the essence of it, we enter into his happiness, his joy, just use whatever he gives you. It doesn't matter what it is, the smallest little thing. Don't worry about how big, how small, how much, any of that. Just put it into play. Just, just take that little bit that God gives you that you might hear him say, well done. God bless you guys. I miss you. I love you. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Don't forget your kids. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org forward slash give.